Let's get some new photos, please. I'm dead Pete serious. Says, be careful what you wish for. Pete says, "Be careful what you wish for." I wish for anything but that picture. I don't care if you have a picture with me with underwear over my head. Use that. Oh yeah, here we are. Am I wait hosting minute, this? Or are you How, hosting this? I, How is this working? I don't know. This right. is the first time that we're doing the Chris Sims Unbuttoned PFTPM collaboration in my spot. That is PFTPM. Yes. So maybe we flip a coin. Go ahead. How about this? Right. How about this? No. Whoever wins the prior week starts the show. Okay. You won. You start. Okay. I'll take that. Fine. That, that sounds good. You're right. We should have discussed these things before we came on air, but who cares? No, we might we as well have. just peel back the curtain and let it go. Hey. Yes. The best decisions are made when you fly by the seat of your pants. Okay. At least that's what I've learned the past four years of Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a good first week. I mean, for the most part, you did great on your best bets. Two all in one. I mean, if somebody listened to you, they made money out there. Oh, wait, forget it. I got a new picture. Woo, man, I look good. Ever, evil Roger Goodell is gone. And, oh, man, I like it. Okay, I'll take anything. Like I said, I'd take underwear on my head over that other picture. Floria, you need some work. Um, you look like one of the doo-wop singers in the background of the Jersey Boys or something. All right? And you're older than that, way older than that. More grays. Skin's not as, you know, good-looking. Sorry, all of that. But we – 12 you. and 4 straight up for me. 8 and 8 straight up for you. We had our four straight disagreements. And I won. <laughs> yeah, straight up your ass. We're going to figure out if we can swear <laughs> on this thing uh, – as we go, too, we're just going to let it fly. 9-7 and seven against the spread, 6-10 and 10 against the spread for you. Like we talked about, your best bets, you won there. Congratulations. Um, as I discussed last year, I, we're in, I know I'm in the best bets and straight up more than all the other games against the spread, which, you know, to me, yeah, okay, I got to pick one or the other, and I pick it and whatever, but it's not like I'm confident against those. Uh, but here we go. You ready? You want to kick wait, off wait, these one o'clock games? And, what? And this, yes, because because we, we we're on a time schedule now because right. we have to fit it within an hour. But we're going to need to decide what count constitutes a win because I won the most important of the three categories. Yes. You won the other two. Right. I'm giving you the win because you won two out of three. But we'll have to figure out what truly constitutes a win because you can make the argument I won. Yes. Because I won when it mattered. Right. I, that's right. You showed up in prime time. Yeah, that's what you did. That's what you did. Just Anti like your Kirk boy Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All right. Let's do All it. Right, let's go. Thursday night football. Browns. Bengals. Bengals going to Cleveland. Browns favored by six and a half. We got an over under at 43 and a half. The Browns did not look great last week. I think we both agree it was a little bit misleading of a score. There was there to be had for them to get in the game. Joe Burrow, the magic at the end of the football game. They just come up short with the chippy field goal being missed. All of that. Go ahead, Mike. Lead us off. Bengals also were leading through three quarters over the L.A. Chargers. I think the Browns can and should win this game. They have the overall better team. Overall, they just have to use their resources wisely. Run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball some more. Don't get away from it. Don't force the passing game. Don't expect Baker Mayfield to win the game. He's not the kind of quarterback that is going to go out there and win the game for you. He's the guy who's going to be the complement to the running game they have with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If they do that, they should be able to outscore the Browns. I'm already starting with a needle thread here because the spread at six and a half, I like the Browns 24-20. Browns win, Bengals cover 24-20 if 
the Browns aren't stupid like they were on Sunday. Yeah, I, I hear you. And you know what? Oddly enough, Chris Sims has picked the Browns 24-20 to 20 as well. So we have the same exact score there. I agree with everything you said, and I think that's where the advantage the Browns have over the Bengals. Geno Atkins not going to play. The Browns got a good offensive line, the two-headed monster at running back. Passing game is a work in progress, as we know. I think that's why we're both saying, please run the ball more. Cincinnati, uh, just a quick flip around there. We know the Browns' D-line is real. There's no doubt about that. They got a good front four. They can get after the quarterback. But second-level linebackers, secondary banged up right now. I got questions about those two levels of the defense. And I think Zach Taylor's smart enough to know that, hey, I got to get the ball to this guy's hands. Our offensive line's a little bit of a work in progress. I don't want my young quarterback getting killed by this front four. They'll try to run the ball. But I also think that they'll have a little bit of an advantage in the pass game. I, I expect an improvement from Joe Burrow. I don't think he's going to miss some of those throws we saw in week one. I do think they keep it close. But ultimately, like you let it off. The Browns got a little too much talent or just a little farther along, not much farther along, but a little farther along in their process. I go Browns 24-20. All right, you ready? Here we go. Let's go. Next game up. Lions, Packers. Lions blow a football game. Shocker. I've never heard that story, story before. Packers looked awesome. Whooped your Vikings. Five and a half point favorites. 49.5 is the over and under, Mike. How do you see this one unfolding? Well, you know, last year in week one, the Lions blew a 17-point lead and ultimately came back the next week and defeated the Chargers. I think it's going to be different this time around. They blew a 17-point lead, lost the game. Last year, they pulled out a tie, at least, against the Cardinals. This time, they go on the road after blowing a 17-point lead. It becomes a loss. They're facing Aaron Rodgers at home. We saw Aaron Rodgers commence his revenge tour against everyone, specifically the people in the organization that took Jordan Love in round one. I think this one is not going to be close. I think that Green Bay is going to blow the Lions off the field. I think the Lions are going to have a hard time recovering from what happened last week. This is the worst place you could drop them after what happened last week to send them to Lambeau Field against the Packers. It's going to be strange. It's going to be eerie. All those bleachers, no one in them. Right. And I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and pick up where he left off. 34-20, Packers all over the Lions to move to 2-0. Wow, yeah, you got them winning convincingly there. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to the Packers to win the football game as well. I'm going to go 28-20. I don't feel quite as confident as you just as far as that extra six points or whatever. I guess because of desperation, that scares me a little bit with the Detroit Lions. The Lions, too, I will say this. They showed the ability to run the ball a little last week. And if the running backs, the rest of the group, other than Adrian Peterson, Carryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift can be a little bit healthier, maybe contribute to some of those carries, I think a few of those runs, there was maybe a little bit more to be had there with some younger legs. And I'm not trying to take away from anything from Adrian Peterson. But it's something I still don't know about the Packers is their run defense. It looked pretty good last week. I can't lie, but I'd like to see another week. I think that's what just scares me a little bit, along with the desperation of the Lions. But what we saw from Green Bay with that new aggressive a passing attack, and I saw Aaron Rodgers stay on the number one read longer. That was my biggest concern about him last year. Too many times where he got off one and he just thought, I'm going to dance back here and I'll find somebody eventually. Wait, nobody came open. Nobody. You passed up the completion that was there to be had. I saw a much cleaner game from him too. And ultimately, yeah, I can't go away from Green Bay here going 28-20. All right, let's do it. Next game, your your 
Minnesota Vikings at the Indianapolis Colts. Your Vikings looked bad last week. The Colts had a, a game they lost. It was Phillip Rivers extraordinaire. They had no business losing that freaking game. They dominated. They never punted. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites at home, 48.5 over and under Mike. Can your team get back on track? You know, I, I think that <laughs> the Vikings can pull this one off for a variety of reasons, most important of which – Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers are not nearly the same guy. And the Vikings going on the road, the Vikings are going to benefit from the flip side of what the Packers benefited from in Minnesota. Now, even though there will be 2,500 fans there, I don't think 2,500 fans can create the kind of noise that preserves the home field advantage for the home defense yes. when the visiting offense is on the field in third and eight. I think the Vikings are going to be able to operate, and they scored 34 points last week. Their offense is still potent. That's been overlooked by the fact that the defense was raw crap last week. The defense will hold up better against Phillip Rivers and company. They don't have Marlon Mack. We'll see what Jonathan Taylor can do as the starting tailback for the Indianapolis Colts. But I think this Vikings defense is going to take what happened last week. Personally, I think Mike Zimmer individually and collectively put his foot up the butts of the various Vikings defensive players and the rest of his defensive coaching staff. I think the Vikings, who I'm surprised are, are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I think they win this one straight up. I've got 30-21. to 21. They will give up points but not more points than they'll score. I like the Vikings to get to one and one and send the Colts into a potential tailspin out of the gates. Oh, baby. Okay, here we go. We got our first disagreement. I like it because I'm going Colts 31, Vikings 21, going exactly the opposite of you. Now, my reasoning, I'm scared of Phillip Rivers. I get it. You're. I mean, yeah, I'm scared of it. I mean, the, the, we've seen, how many times have we seen that story last week? But – I was so encouraged by so many things I saw with the Colts football team. I'm going to err on the fact of Phillip Rivers is not that stupid to do it again, to realize that if he just limited his mistakes, they win that game easy. Now, they missed a field goal. They missed a chip shot field goal, missed a fourth and a foot and a half down inside the five. There's many things that went wrong. I don't know what the Vikings are. And I guess what scares me about the Vikings is – you know, realistically, they're, I think, playing a more complete offense here with the Indianapolis Colts. I know you're right. They don't have Aaron Rodgers, and that's a big thing. But receiving core, offensive line, you know, even the two running backs they got back left compared to Green Bay's running backs, I'd rather have the Colts. And then I think the Colts' defense, I think it matches up okay with here in Minnesota. What I worry about is your Minnesota defense – yeah, only Yannick Ngakwe pass rushing. The run defense didn't look great. I'm a little worried about that, too. And now you got the great blue wall in Indianapolis coming. So I'm going to play the Colts pissed off, capitalize uh, this time around. And I don't know your – I don't think your Minnesota Vikings are going to be very good. That's what I'm coming away with. So I think they lose by 10 points. Anything you want to – I don't know how relevant this is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how relevant this is. But Phillip Rivers faced the Vikings last December – in LA and lost 39 to 10 through three interceptions. Now it almost was a Vikings home game. If you yeah. remember the shots of the stadium yep. there, it's probably better that he's playing for the Colts in Indy with 2,500 fans, all of whom will most likely be Colts fans, but I, it's a different team. It's a different circumstance. It's a different year. Yep. I, I just think that the Vikings offense 
which was overlooked last week. I think they'll get a chance to shine and outpace Phillip Rivers, and the defense will do just enough after getting torched by Aaron Rodgers. Yep, I hear you. Okay, let's go to the next one. We're going to Chicago, baby. We're going to see the Bears, okay? We're going to eat some bratwurst and watch the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky because he's clutch, okay? Uh, the Giants at Bears. Bears favored by five and a half. I'm actually a little surprised by that point spread. Over, under at 42 and a half. Mike, we saw the Giants hang in there and really make a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they were overmatched. And then the Bears, with that comeback against the Lions, it didn't look great for three and a half quarters. And of course, Mitch got clutch and made some big time throws. Do you think that magic continues here in week two? Look, they were down 17 points. And if you spot the Giants 17 points, I don't think they're going to let you back in the game. I don't know how relevant this is, but back in 2014 when Jason Garrett was the coach of the Cowboys and Chuck Pagano was the coach of the Colts, the Cowboys beat the Colts 42-7. to Now Pagano is the defensive coordinator in Chicago and Garrett's the offensive coordinator with the Giants. I just thought that was an intriguing sure. contrast. I, I look at it this way. The Giants – gave the Steelers everything they could handle. And the Steelers' defense is much better than the Bears' defense right now, and Saquon Barkley is not going to get bottled up. And I think the Giants, when they go back and watch the film of the Monday night game, they're going to pick up confidence. And I know that you, you pick up more confidence from erasing a 17-point deficit and winning, but I kind of like this one for the Giants. I think the Giants, yeah, there aren't a whole lot of wins that are screaming out on their schedule, so they got to get them while they can. And I think this is an opportunity for them to, to really turn it around quickly, surprise the Bears, and, and pull off the victory. I'm going Giants 24-21, last-second field goal if it comes down to that, but not just cover the spread but win the game. I'm going Joe Judge gets his first career win at Soldier Field. I, I could see that happening. There's no doubt. I, I'm, I'm surprised by the five-and-a-half-point uh, you know, uh, spread in, in favor of the Chicago Bears. I am. Uh, now, I, I think this is what I, I'm going to go Bears 20-17. to 17. And a close one. Uh, man, the New York Giants, you got to start off the year with the Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But I, I guess the thing I, I will say, I do still worry about the Giants' offensive line. I do. Khalil Mack, you know, Robert Quinn, I think he's back in the fold this week. But we know that's a good front four or a good front for the Chicago Bears in general to where I just think they'll, they're going to make life hard on the Giants' offense. I don't think the Giants are going to be able to run the ball with any consistency and look at it that way. And because the Bears are so big up front, too, I think they'll know, like, hey, I think our front seven can kind of hang in there and handle the run by itself. We don't need to put an extra safety down there, do that. So I think they'll be able to protect their secondary a little that way, too, to stop from the Daniel Jones big pass plays and everything like that. Now, the Bears' offense, I liked a little what I saw. I do think they're more three tight end sets. They're trying to run the ball and have a have a little bit of identity, but they're not there yet, and it certainly wasn't pretty. The game fell for them the right way in the third or fourth quarter. And ultimately, I'm just going to go with the Bears defense and just a little more experience in these games to win a close one. But I don't feel real confident about that. That's kind of a coin flip game to me. And uh, as you can see, you went by three, and I went by three the other way. All right, Atlanta at Dallas, both 0-1. Holy crap if either one of these teams go to 0-2. We know how tough that can be. Atlanta was hanging in there with the Falcons, and then it got blown out by Russell Wilson and company. The Cowboys, close game throughout against the Rams. They're favored by 4.5, over under at 52.5. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys to get to 1-1, one and, one, and I don't feel very strongly about this because maybe the Rams aren't much better than they were last year. 
maybe the Cowboys are just a lot worse and I have problems with the play calling down the stretch for the Cowboys. I don't like the offensive pass interference call that could have made the game closer, but I think the Cowboys will be able to do enough running the ball, passing the ball, maybe learning from some of the mistakes that were made last Sunday and doing a better job of being efficient offensively, also without having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey to deal with should yeah. make it easier as well. That was a big difference for me. The Falcons don't have studs like that. They're going to consume so much of the attention of the offense. I got the Cowboys 24-17, although I'm nervous about this. One. Yeah, I hear you. I think this is another game I look at as a coin flip game. I'm going the Cowboys with you. I'm joining there, and I'm going 24-21. Um, again, I think Atlanta will be able to move the ball a little bit on the Dallas Cowboys through the air. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it through the run game. I don't know about that yet. I still think that's very iffy. Gurley, he looks okay straight away, but when he has to make cuts, you could see there's a knee issue to me still. It, it's not the same type of explosion. So I got to see that run game more. Dallas, I just think with that O-line, like you talked about, the Falcons D-line's got some solid players. Grady Jarrett's really good. Dante Fowler's good. Who else is there? And they're more of a speed-based defense in front seven to where I worry about them getting overpowered a little bit in the run game. And then ultimately, with all the weapons, yeah, I don't think that Atlanta's secondary is ready for this kind of weaponry coming to town yet. As we saw last week, they struggled with Seattle's weapons. These weapons are every bit as good. They're starting two young corners. Isaiah Oliver on the outside, to me, is an issue. He can't run. He has no top-end speed. They choose to attack him over A.J. Terrell, the rookie at a Clemson who was a first-rounder, and I just think they're going to have some mismatches there and some hard times in offense. I'm going to go Cowboys win a close one over the Falcons. Plenty right. more games to come. we got to take a break. Oh, we got to take a break. we got to it's not, it's not the podcast anymore. It, it is an actual show. So we're going to take a break. We're going to continue swear? with the early games. from. No, you can't. <laughs> well, you can. You can do anything you want. We're going to continue when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned resumes with more games, more picks, and more fun right after this. There's the full lineup of the NBC Sports Channel on the Peacock streaming service starting each day with PFT Live, ending each day with PFTPM, and that's what we're doing now, the joint PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Mega Picks podcast. Chris, let's keep going through the week two game. All right, let's rock. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, Bruce Arians calling him out. There was some good and bad last week. Carolina looked a little better than I expected, but the Bucks are favored by nine and a half. That's a big number. For an 0-1 football team that had some offensive mistakes, Mike, do you think they cover that 9.5? Do they blow Carolina out of the water this week? Biggest spread of the week, and this is one where it's easy to thread the needle, where you can say, you know, Bucks win, but the Panthers keep it close. My gut feeling on this one, though, the, the Buccaneers win with a pissed-off Tom Brady. They're at home. They're, they're in their routine. They've had some more reps. Yeah, I worry about Chris Godwin, who's in the concussion protocol. But, you know, it used to be if you're in the concussion protocol, you miss at least one game. Now we see guys come back all the time. The challenge here, though, is Godwin was just put in it yesterday after a couple of days of being okay or at least not telling anyone he was having issues. I still think the Buccaneers pull this one off. I think the Raiders aren't as good as we thought. I think that's one of the reasons why the Panthers kept it close. Yep. And the Buccaneers aren't as bad as last week at New Orleans would suggest. I got Bucks 31-21. 
barely covering by a half point, the win and the half point cover for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. I, I mean, I do think that the Bucs are clearly a better football team team here. On paper, everything about it. They're both teams that are dealing with newness and coming together that way and trying to figure it out. But the Bucs have more talent. Now, I will say, Carolina's offense is talented, like we saw last week. McCaffrey, we know that. Robbie Anderson, whoa, he can fly. Go deep touchdown passes. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, they got enough to go around to where I'm still not sure about this Bucks defense. I know I like their front. Their secondary is questionable, and I'm not going to buy into it all the way until I see them have some games of dominance and consistency. I'm going Bucks as well, 31-27, but I expect, yeah, the Panthers to score maybe a late touchdown you know, one of those late touchdowns with 45 seconds left to make it a four-point game, and they try to kick an onside kick to maybe do, you know, that, that type of scenario. A game where the Bucks win by four, but con- we're clearly in control all game long. I just, I like those Carolina weapons. All right, you good there? Bucks desperately need this win. Desperately need this win. If they start 0-2, they got major trouble. Go Definitely. Ahead. And this is a team that we, like, we, we both know. They're, we know they're better, so you should win this game. All right, Rams, big win. Philadelphia sacks all over the place last week against the football team. L.A. favored by one and a half. Aaron Donald against that beat-up Eagles offensive line. Mike, do you think the Rams can go across country and win it? I think they can, and I think they will. I feel differently about the Rams after seeing what they did to the Dallas Cowboys, a team that at least is in the same conversation as the Eagles, but maybe better from a talent standpoint, especially in light of all the injuries. That's the problem. This offensive line, it got destroyed by the Washington front seven. Now you've got Aaron Donald to deal with. Good luck with that makeshift patchwork Eagles offensive line. I think Donald is going to destroy the offensive game plan for the Eagles, and I think the Rams, I'm stunned They're only one-and-a-half-point favorites, which may give you an idea of what one of my best bets will be this week. But I think the Rams win this one 28-20, Chris, and maybe by more than that. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm with you. I'm going to Rams 23-21 as well. It's a tough matchup for the Eagles. They don't run the ball. They're not consistent with the run game. The Rams, we know they can get after the quarterback. They're pretty well coached on defense. You know, they can play simple and sound, and they got a little creativity in their, their package as well. And then offensively, hey, that pace, everything they do, the screens, the quick passes, it kind of negates the overpowering nature of the Eagles' front four. And I'd like to see more of this Eagles' defense. I, I, the Eagles can win the game if their front four can dominate the Rams' offensive line. But I'm not sure they can do that yet. I'm not sure. And McVay's the master at – game planning to not let teams do that to him by the tempo, the speed sweeps, the screens. He keeps the defensive line guessing and never lets them get aggressive. I think that's why I'm going with the Rams. The Rams are a tough football team. You can say what they want in the Sean McVay era. There's only been one game I've ever felt like they didn't show up for, and that was the Ravens last year, I think, on a Thursday night. Other than that, they're physical, they're tough, they're in everything, and uh, I have more confidence in them with this beat up Eagles team that I don't know what to expect on the offense and everything. So I'm going Rams 23, 21. All right, let's go out to New York. 49ers 0-1 going to see the New York Jets who are also 0-1. San Francisco six and a half point favorite or favorite here over under at 42 and a half. Go ahead, Michael. 
The over-under on the amount of time we need to talk about this game is 42 and a half seconds. I say the 49ers 24 to 9. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be motivated. They're coming east for a full week. They're going to be in West Virginia in between games, hunkering down. And I think they know they, they desperately need to avoid starting 0-2 after going 13-3 and last year. Injuries aside, they'll get this one done, Chris, and in part because the Jets – uh, unfortunately, don't seem to be ready to truly compete at a high level. No, there, there's just not enough difference makers on the New York Jet football team. Who are you going to look at a defense that can make a play in a big moment, do anything like that? There's nobody. There's nobody. There's no, you know, C.J. Mosley, no Jamal Adams. You know, the rookie or the second-year kid, Quinnen Williams, has not lived up to expectations yet. He needs to start popping and showing up. And you're right, the 49ers are going to be pissed off. I'm a little scared because they're banged up. I get a little scared anytime because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't, you know, again, it wasn't bad last week. It wasn't great. It was good. There was moments of, okay, that's really good. But it left a bad taste in my mouth with those crappy throws at the end of the game that were there to be had to win the football game. But ultimately, I'm going with you. The 49ers are just on another level of a football team. I think they're going to be pissed off. Lack of weapons to expose no Richard Sherman and some secondary questions in San Francisco plays well for San Francisco because the Jets are one of those teams that I don't think can take advantage of it. And there's no Le'Veon Bell either. So, yes, 24-14, 49ers. All right, Buffalo Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo looked as good as anybody in football last week. Five-and-a-half-point favorites against Ryan Fitzpatrick. He threw interceptions last week. Does Buffalo blow them out, Mike? I don't know if they blow them out. I think the Dolphins are a team that's built to not be blown out, but I, I don't see the Dolphins winning this game. You know, when I watched the Dolphins-Patriots game, I wasn't very impressed with the Dolphins' offense. That may have something to do with the Patriots' defense, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was picked off three times. You know, Tua Tagovailoa completely off the injury report, not even getting treatment on the hip. I think they need to get him ready to play. I think so. I, You're going to use a fifth overall pick on Tua Tagovailoa. Get him on the field, and let's see what he can do. If nothing else, it makes him better prepared for next year when he's clearly the guy. But at least for now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Getting a crack at one of his former teams, although it's easier to list the teams he hasn't played for yeah, than right. it is to list the teams he has played for. I like the Bills in this one by 10, 27 to 17, and uh, they move to 2-0 and put pressure on the Patriots to hold uh, even when they play the Seahawks Sunday night. Yeah, I, the Bills are a complete football team. There's not really any area you can look at them and go, they're weak. They're, their only thing you got to ever worry about them with right now is just the Josh Allen – Will he do something silly or crazy? And we saw a little of that last week. Man, is he good, though. When he's on his game like he was last week, they are scary. Uh, their defense, very good. I think you know they're going to make life hard on Ryan Fitzpatrick. They can't run the ball really consistently in Miami. When Sean McDermott sees that, he'll have seven guys dropping into zones that'll be right in the right places. I think that the, 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 the Bills win 24-17, but it's more comfortable than that like a 24-10 with a late touchdown by the Dolphins, something like that, but clearly the better football team, so I like Buffalo. All right, Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. Titans favored by 8.5, over under at 42.5. Jacksonville found a way to win last week. They're clearly not the better team here. We know that. Do you think Tennessee can cover that 8.5-point spread? 
I think the fact that the Titans barely won a game that they should have won going away will be enough ammunition to get Mike Vrabel in a position where he secures the attention of his players. They're not going to come out and let that happen again. They're not going to have to rely on a late drive and a late field goal to beat the Jaguars. This one, I think, could get ugly. It's one of the bigger spreads of the week. I like the Titans by 10, 24 to 14. You know, Derrick Henry looked great last week. He's got, what, like almost 1,500 rushing yards over the last 10 games, something ridiculous yeah, like that. Right. Ryan Tannehill looks the part. I think the Titans are going to be fine. And one of the big stories coming out of week one, that, that notion that the Jaguars aren't as bad as we thought. They aren't as bad as we thought, but that's too much to expect them to go into Tennessee and win. Yeah, I really like the way the Tennessee Titans looked last week. I do. I know it was a close football game, but we got to remember they missed three field goals and everything like that. They, they had chances to control that football game. And, yes, I don't think Jacksonville is anything to write home about as well yet. Tennessee can overpower you on both sides of the ball. And I, that's not a good look, let alone Ryan Tannehill still throwing the ball really well. So I, I'm going Titans 20-10. to 10. It's never going to be pretty and sexy with the Titans, but I think they control this one throughout, and uh, the Jags have a hard time moving the football. All right, Broncos. At the Steelers. Steelers defense was awesome. They're favored by seven and a half. Offense got it going as the game went on. Big Ben seemed to be more comfortable. Over under at 41 and a half. Interesting game. We know the Broncos D is good. How do you see it unfolding, Mike? Short week for the Broncos, and then they have to pack up and travel across the country almost to Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and they're coming off of that game where they had a chance to steal it. They couldn't cash it in. They had the questionable decisions by Coach Vic Fangio about failing to use timeouts down the stretch. I just think that that it's too much for Fangio to get it all pointed in the right direction with a tough opponent like this to come into Pittsburgh. It's good. You think it's jarring to see an empty stadium generally? Wait till you see the shots of a sea of yellow seats right. in Pittsburgh with no one there, but it's not going to matter, fans or no fans. I think the Steelers good enough to just kind of methodically do to the Broncos what the Titans should have done and win this game going away. I've got 24 to 13 Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I kind of see it the same exact way. I, I mean, you said it. It's, I don't think it's you're going to be able to blow out the Broncos and just run away with the game. I think the defense is still too good, and Vic Fangio is too good of a coach on that side to just, like, get blown out of the water. Now, I worry about the Broncos' offense. It could be a blowout if – the Broncos offense without Cortland Sutton, right, which I don't think he's going to be back this week, or nonetheless, he ain't going to be 100%. K.J. Hamler, their second-round pick, who I was all excited about, he wasn't able to play the other night. You know, it came down to Jerry Judy, who had, a, had some big drops, actually, and some big moments there. I do worry about the youngness of that Broncos offense seeing this defense, which is complicated and does all kinds of crazy crap, let alone – they got some of the biggest, baddest mofos you've ever seen on the planet playing defense. So I just don't see any way that the Broncos win this football game. I think that it's kind of ugly because the Broncos' defense is solid, but Big Ben, another week of playing. Their young receivers get it going. I think Steelers 23-13. Man, we've had some similar scores here throughout the day. I'm starting to um, – I'm starting to get worried because we think alike. It's not a good thing, at least from, from my end, okay? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We good with those, that group of games, right? Yeah. Let's take a break. When we finish, we got the late games, Lamar versus Deshaun, Cam versus Russell, and our three best bets for the week when PFTPM slash 
Chris Sims Unbuttoned continues right after this. Right after this. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, joint Megapix podcast. We do it every Thursday during the regular season. Chris is taking the lead because he kicked my butt last week. He beat me by four games in our straight-up selections, three in our picks against the spread, but I won when it came to the best bets. The best bets are looming, Chris, once we get through the remainder of the Sunday and Monday night games for this week. Yeah, that's right, and uh, we'll see. I got two I know for sure are my best bets that I like. I'm in the air between a few other ones uh, for that last and final one, so we'll see where that goes, but... Let's uh, let's finish off some of these games. Uh, where where are we at here? Okay, sorry, my fault. Let's start out with these four o'clock games. The football team versus the Cardinals, aka Kyler Murray. He was fun to watch last week. He won that game almost by himself in a, in a, in so many ways or lack of ways to say it. Cardinals favored by six and a half over under forty seven and a half. Mike, can they win by more than that against this Washington defense? I wonder how often it happens that two teams face each other after coming back from double-digit deficits to win the game because yeah. the Cardinals were down 10 nothing, They won. Washington down 17 nothing, They won. I'm just so impressed by Kyler Murray. I'm going to continue to ride that when it meshes with one of our preseason narratives that he's going to take the NFL by storm. And taking the NFL by storm includes running circles around that Washington front seven, not being tracked down, not being sacked knowing when to slide, knowing when to get out of bounds, knowing when to squirt away from the pressure and run for a first down on third and 17 like he did against the 49ers. Look, the 49ers are a better team than Washington, and Arizona went on the road and beat the 49ers. Sometimes it is that simple. I like the, the Cardinals in this game, 24-17, to 17, barely covering the spread. I like that touchdown margin. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I wouldn't be shocked if Washington wins. But I'm going to go with the Cardinals in their home debut. No one there to see it, and that's a shame because you want to see Kyler Murray whenever you can. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Cardinals as well. I, I do think this will be a close football game. I do. Again, the Cardinals, uh, they got a pretty good fr- like pass rush. Pass rush. Chandler Jones leads that charge there. Uh, but Washington's offensive line is pretty damn good. They are, and they showed enough last week to not let Philadelphia's defensive line ruin the game by any stretch of the imagination. Opened up a few holes in the run game. I want to see more of this Antonio Gibson for Washington, the football team. I like him. He should be the one getting the majority of the carries over a Peyton Barber. That's just my two cents. Now, I don't know if Washington has enough offensive weapons to really, you know, be consistent on offense all the time. There's only one guy in the pass game, and that's Terry McLaurin. Dwayne Haskins was solid last week. Showed some good, showed some bad. But I think ultimately I go with everything you said. You know, one, they have a quick passing game. That's going to hurt that Washington front four. Two, Mighty Mouse is hard to tackle, and I think he's smart and mature and smart as hell, as in Kyler Murray, and throwing the ball away and, you know, not putting his team in bad positions, which Washington wants to feed off of. That's what helped them win the game last week, and that's what helped the Cardinals overcome the 49ers, is Murray never put his team in those positions, strip sack fumbles, things like that, that can change the game around, which we saw Carson Wentz do and make those mistakes against Washington. So Cardinals 20-17, to I do think Washington will keep it close because I think that defense is talented. But um, I, I'm with you. Kyler Murray is fun to watch, and it does stink though there's nobody there to watch it. All right. The Ravens looked awesome. Six and a half point favorites. Houston, extra time to repair coming off their loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
offense was not great in game one with all these new weapons. And DeAndre Hopkins goes to Arizona and looks like he's the man. That don't look good for Billy O'Brien and his trade and his wide receiver thoughts right there. 51.5 is the over-under, Mike. Baltimore blew them out last year. What do you think happens this year? Yeah, you know, remember last week in the aftermath of the first game of the season, I said it looked like the Chiefs were playing a regular season game and the Texans were playing a preseason game. I think the Texans need more than one preseason game to truly get themselves where they want to be offensively and defensively. I think the Ravens picking up where they left off, motivated by what happened last year, trying to match and exceed the standard of the 14-2 and record. They know they beat the Texans handily last year, 41 to seven. I think they go on the road and they do the same thing. No answer for Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, spreading the ball around to guys like miles Boykin and Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, who had a great touchdown catch week one, the running game with JK Dobbins and Mark Ingram. I just think it's more than what the Texans can, can handle. It's just going to be one of those gradual smotherings. I've got the Ravens 24 to 14. I think there's a chance it could be worse than that. And uh, the, the Texans continue to wonder who they pissed off at the league office to start the year with the Chiefs and the Ravens back-to-back. Yeah, seriously. There's no way I cannot take the Ravens in this matchup. There's no way. Not with that Texans defense. I got major questions about it. Major. And then you got the Ravens coming to town. The Texans secondary is questionable. The Texans front seven is questionable. They couldn't stop the Chiefs from running the ball. What makes you think they're going to stop the Ravens from running the football? And then that, you know, handicaps a defense to where you got to now start to take some chances to go. We got to stop the run. We might have to leave some people one-on-one in the pass game. And what we saw last week was polish from Lamar Jackson. That's scary. Now, I think the Texans offense, it needs to play better. We know that. I think some plays will prevent, uh, present themselves to the Texans just because the Ravens are so aggressive and will put their guys on islands and sometimes just be like, hey, it's four on four. We're not even going to put a safety behind you this time. You just got to cover that guy. And I just think that the Texans are a little too good to do that against all the time to where they'll make a few plays. But ultimately, I'm going a little bit more high scoring here, and I'm going Ravens 34 to 23. They win this game convincingly and continue to you know beat the drum of we're the best team in football, or at least us and the Chiefs are in that conversation. You good? And there? they meet week three. I know. And they meet week three Monday night. Holy All right, crap, yes. Ola! All right, now let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs and the best player in football, and Patrick Mahomes, eight and a half point favorites against that Charger team, who has shown the ability to play defense against Mahomes and this offense. What do you think, Mike? Do you think Kansas City's got this type of thing figured out? We saw them underneath run game. They're a different offense this time around. Can they blow out the Chargers, in your opinion? You know, I worry about the Chargers. If Joey Bosa ultimately can't play, we don't know and won't know until probably Sunday what's up with Joey Bosa. There's a chance he'd be, he's, he'll be ruled out on Friday. He didn't practice on Wednesday with a triceps injury. But, you know, look, I, I think you give Andy Reid extra time, even if it's just three extra days beyond the normal week, I think that that's enough to make a difference. Home or away, it doesn't matter. The Chiefs get a crack at that brand-new stadium, and uh, I think that they handle the Chargers. I've got 30-20. to 20. You know, I see that 8.5-point spread, and it won't surprise me if the margin's only 7 But uh, those extra three days are worth the extra three points to get the Chiefs to a 10-point margin. 30-20 to Chiefs win. More Clyde Edwards-Alaire and uh, and more Patrick Mahomes. And just more Chiefs looking like they're in midseason form with no preseason games to play. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be too far off from you there, too. I'm going Chiefs 27-17. I mean, the things that, you know, I used to worry about with the Chiefs, I don't worry about anymore. 
I don't. Oh, the Chargers, you want to run the ball and just play that style of football? I don't. I think those days are over where you can just bleed the Chiefs out in the run game. The front sevens become too physical. They're, they got difference makers. You know, with Clark and, Fra if Clark and Jones there, I mean, damn. They're, they're, the be they're beasts. They have an understanding of Steve Spagnuolo's defense now, too. And they got a lot of creativity involved with talent. And that's so that was one area I always used to worry about them. They proved to me in week one and last year into the playoffs that they can stop teams from running the ball when they want to, a.k.a. the Titans and 49ers, who were the best, like two of the best in football last year. Also, on the other side of the ball, I always used to worry about the Chiefs against this Seattle-type scheme with the Chargers. They drop seven. They play these deep zones. But as we saw at the end of last year, and we're seeing again here in week one this past week, the Chiefs, they, they've answered those questions. They have ways to throw the ball underneath now. They have Clyde edwards helaire to run the ball if you want to do that. Oh, you want to play coverage. So I'm going Chiefs 27-17, 10-point margin just like you. I wouldn't be shocked, you're right, if it's less than that. I don't think I'm going to make this my best bet, that's for sure, uh, even though I have the Chiefs covering the spread because I'm just scared that that Chargers defense is talented and maybe they slow them down and make it an ugly, time-consuming type game. But ultimately, I, I don't think that'll happen. All right, anything else you want to say about that before we go to Sunday night football? Let's get to Sunday night. That This is the toughest one of the week for me. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. We got Cam versus Jamal. We got Pete versus Bill. We got Russell versus Stephon Gilmore. We got so many cool matchups in this one. The attitude of the Patriots versus the attitude of the Seahawks. They're opposites when it comes to the way they approach life and everything like that. Pete Carroll's jumping around, chewing gum. Bill Belichick hasn't smiled in 12 years. So it's, it's, it's fun to see the opposites go at each other. Patriots going to Seattle. Seahawks favored by three and a half, 44 and a half over under Mike. What says you? And, you know, the Seahawks, one of the teams that have held their own fairly well against Bill Belichick and the Patriots when they cross paths. I know the Patriots won in the Super Bowl when it really counted, but still the Seahawks could have slash should have won that game. They won both regular season matchups, too. I think they're right. two and one, right. And, and this is one of those where you have to set aside your big picture view of, of the two teams and where you think the Patriots will be, because I think the Patriots will be in the conversation for a Super Bowl berth. And I think that if they were playing this game later in the year, the Patriots would be in a better position to compete and win it. And I think that if there were fans at this game in Seattle, it's even more likely that the Seahawks would win handily. But I just think because of the continuity of the roster, because of the hashtag let Russ cook and the ability of Russell Wilson to go out there and make things happen, you complement that with the running game. You look at the history of Belichick and Pete Carroll during their mutual time with their current teams. I think the Seahawks win this game by a touchdown. I could see it go either way. I wanted to pick the Patriots. I want to see this Cam Newton thing continue to flourish, and maybe it will, but I think Russell Wilson and company at this stage of the season in a better position to perform better than the Patriots offense. 27-20 Seahawks. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, there's so many things. I feel like we could spend a whole show just on this game to like break it down. I really do. Um, there's so many interesting angles. The Seahawks traditionally are that, like, we're not going to let you run. We're going to stop the run game first. Well, the, the Patriots are going to be stubborn that way, and they're very creative. And, of course, the Cam Newton aspect of things really changes things around. New England has great history against the Seattle scheme. They do. 
They've experienced it a lot. They played Seattle in the Super Bowl. They've played them twice in the regular season we've talked about. They played Atlanta in the Super Bowl, who runs the Seattle scheme. They played the Jaguars in the AFC Championship, who run the Seattle scheme. They beat the Chargers in the divisional playoff game two years ago, who runs the Seattle scheme. So they know that scheme better than anybody in football. And then when I look on the other side, this is like interesting because you know you you kind of hit it. The Seahawks are together. They're kind of rolling. There's some new things with that Patriots defense, but not in that secondary. And that's one of the things I'll look for. I mean, the Seahawks are going to get one-on-one opportunities in this game. Russell's going to have chances to throw deep balls. DK Metcalf on Gilmore or Tyler Lockett with J.C. Jackson, whatever it may be, they're going to present themselves. Seahawks didn't run the ball all that well last week. And with that secondary, and I don't think an overly creative scheme by the, the Seahawks, I think I favor the, the, the Patriots defense in a lot of way. I'm going Patriots to pull off the upset. I wow. Think, I know. I think if there was a crowd there, I would definitely pick Seattle. First game on the road, Cam Newton trying to run that offense, do all those things. But since there's not, and I think this this Cam Newton fits this formula for how the Patriots want to play, and I also think with their secondary, it's really going to help them contain Russell because now they can do all sorts of creative things when it comes to spying him. They're never a team that leaves their pass rush lanes and does things like that. And, yes, I just think this, the, the Patriots really match up well with the Seattle Seahawks. I wouldn't be shocked if we did see this in the Super Bowl. And it could go either way. But I'm going Pats 24-21 on the road here. I wanted to pick the Patriots. I ultimately decided that, again, if it was November, December, I'd feel better about it. It's too early, I think, for the Patriots to be where they need to be to overcome a team that has that continuity. I'm using your theory to yeah. pick the Seahawks to win. So if I'm wrong, it's your fault. All yeah. right, next game. Okay, here we go. New Orleans at the Las Vegas Raiders. Saints get the win last week. They're favored by five and a half. That, that Raiders defense did not look good last week. Over under 49 and a half. Sean Payton, John Gruden going at it. What do you think, Mike? Well, John Gruden and Sean Payton is an interesting matchup. Sean Payton's got that that little impish quality to him that I love. Uh, remember, he was once considered for the Raiders job and almost took it. And I think it may have been Bill Parcells that told him, you don't want that job. You don't want to work for Al Davis. So, you know, there's some some lower level animosity there between Payton and the organization. And I think Payton would love nothing more than to go into that new stadium and stick it to the Raiders, spoil their party. Uh, and, uh, I, I just, and I think that even without Michael Thomas, the Saints are the better team here. I was disappointed in how the Raiders let the Panthers hang around last week. So I've got the Saints 31-20, easily covering the spread and winning the first game ever played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm going Saints 27-23 too. There's no way I could take the Raiders with that defense. There's no You're way. You're taking them to cover, though. You're I, taking them to I cover. I know. I am. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. But the Raiders defense, I don't trust that. Now, the Raiders' offense, I do think they get a fighting chance here because their offensive line's so good. I think they'll be able to run it just a little and be able to pass protect. But again, Ruggs, where's he at health-wise? You know, as soon as he went out of the game, what happened? Their pass game became dink and dunk bullcrap again. I'm so sick of that damn bullcrap offense that way, and that's why I can't pick them. If I felt like they had more of an aggressive nature, maybe they could. But, yeah, I'm going to go Saints 27-23. My only concern with the Saints right now is the quarterback. That's all there is to it. I don't know. I don't, I'm sorry. I know he's a living legend. But 
He is the weakness of the team for me after week one. His ability to not scare you or do anything other than be able to throw it five yards, I don't know. I'm going to be watching that closely, and I think that does play in the advantage of the Raiders being able to hang around maybe a little longer than they'd like. Here we go. Best bets. It's best time bets, baby. to go, baby. Let's go. Give me your first best bet. You want to lead it off, or would you like me to lead it yeah, off? Yeah, I'll lead it off. My first one, Green Bay Packers covering uh, the spread against the Detroit Lions. If there was only one game that I could pick this week, it's the Packers giving five and a half to the Detroit Lions. Boom. Wow. Boom. Florio coming with a hammer. Uh, coming with my man, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, the first one I'm going to is the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to take them to cover the spread against the Houston Texans, and I'm trying to get to see exactly there. Is six and a half? I think this is a double-digit win from Baltimore. I think it's a bad matchup for the Houston Texans. I'm going Ravens all the way here. I'm going to also go with the Ravens. I was holding it for later. I was going to either take Ravens or Chiefs, and the difference is this. The Ravens are favored by 6.5. The Chiefs are favored by 8.5. All the Ravens have to do is win by a touchdown, and I think they will. I think both teams are going to win by 10, but I'll gladly take the extra two points as it relates to the Ravens, and only have to win by a touchdown because I think they will win by at least a touchdown. Yep, okay, I got you there. I'm going to go my next one. I'm going the New England Patriots. You know, you just talked about those wow. point, that point .5 points. I, I That's huge to me, too. I think if the Patriots lose, they only lose by a field goal. I don't think it's going to be by seven points or anything more than that. I So I am expecting the Patriots to win. Yeah, I'm going out on a limb here. I am a little bit. But I feel really good about the matchup there. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But I think they match up well with the Seahawks. All right, what's your last one? All right, for the last one, let me give you a quick glimpse of what I considered. I thought about the Panthers-Bucks over, but I'm off the over for now after we had to sweat out the push Jeez. last week with the Texans-Chiefs game. I thought about the 49ers, yeah. but for the injury issues, I'd have gone with them. I thought about the Steelers because I think there's a chance they win by double digits, but yeah. sometimes with the Steelers, they just kind of plod their way to a three- or a four-point win. I'm going Rams, giving one-and-a-half to the Eagles. That offensive line is crap. Aaron Donald is not, and I think he's going to wreak havoc all day long, and I don't think the, I think the Eagles are going to feel the effects of blowing that 17-point lead for more than a week. I like the Rams to win easily in that game. One and a half, not enough of a spread. Yeah, wow. Whoa, whoa. You're going heavy on the Rams. Man, Eagles 0-2. Eat that Philadelphia. I'm with you. I was very much in the thought process of should I go Steelers? I'd like to see the offense one more week, I guess is what I'm saying there. The 49ers, the same thing. I had the same thought as you. But a cross-country and beat-up football team a little bit right now, I just don't know if I can buy it. I'm actually going with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I am. The way they look, the way the Vikings look, it's only two and a half points. And I just look at it to where I think, like, my my logic is I think they're clearly the better football team. I think Phillip Rivers will straighten it out. And if they, the very worst, I think they win by three. So I'm feeling good about that one. I know you picked the Vikings, so we'll see. We got some good stuff to talk about next week. You're going to be one and two in best bets this week. That's what I say, because the only one you got right is the one I took also, the Ravens. That's it. Hey, this was fun. Was. All the games, all the spreads, our best bets, money back guarantee, uh, given that all this content. Can is I say swears on this wait. going forward? I need to say swears. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. All right, uh, that's it. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast. Chris does his podcast several times a week, PFTPM every weekday. Thanks for some of your time. We'll see you on PFTPM on Friday. See ya.